As I was reading the gospel, a question occurred to me that I hadn't really thought of before. Why was John preaching in the desert? Of all the places he could have gone, why did he go to the desert? This particular desert, it's called the Negev. And it's this arid, dry region. There's like shrubs and stuff, but there's not really anything there. So why was John preaching here instead of in one of the many towns or cities that were near the Jordan River? Like Jerusalem, for example. It's you know, about 18 miles from the Jordan River. Not that I looked it up on Google Maps or anything, you know? Instead, John waited for people to come to him in the middle of the desert as he preached repentance to the people of Israel to get them ready for the coming of the Messiah. And you know, maybe that was the point. People had to go to some effort to get to him. Depending on exactly where John was, depending on exactly where the people were, it was at least a day's journey, maybe more. And so it's not an enormous journey, but it's also not a small feat to make that trip. It wasn't trivial to get to John to hear his message. And then when he finally did get to him, he's in the middle of the desert. There's nothing else around. All you've got is a man dressed very strangely and his message. Perhaps John's hope through all of this was that through that journey people had to make to hear his message, they would recognize that we are all supposed to be journeying towards God. Perhaps John's hope was that when they experienced the barrenness of the land that they were in, it helped people recognize that the things of this world are unimportant when it comes to our salvation. Perhaps John's hope was that the people would recognize that only their faith in God is capable of driving them towards Him. I mean, I don't know what would compel me to walk through a desert. It's pretty much only God could say, hey, Father Matt, go walk through this random desert and listen to people. Because it's not something I just do on a random Monday, you know? <laughs> only faith is capable of preparing people to meet Him. Only faith is capable of helping us to recognize and acknowledge our sins and to turn back to God. That's also possibly why John was so upset about the Sadducees and the Pharisees showing up. You know, at first glance, it's very strange to me that John is unhappy about this. If there's anything I've learned from reading the Gospels, it's that the Pharisees and the Sadducees are generally considered the worst of the worst, and they need repentance more than anyone, right? I mean, that's what it seems like. So we should be happy that they're there. But John's not. And why is that? I think it's because he knows the reason that they're there. He knows that they aren't actually there to repent. They already think that they're saved. They think that by being descendants of Abraham, they are saved. But John emphatically is explaining to them that the axe is lying at the root of that family tree, ready to cut them out. 
their lineage has no effect on their salvation. It's only their own personal faith, their own personal repentance that does. We hear today that the Lord can raise up new sons of Abraham from rocks. Or we hear in the first reading that these new shoots will sprout from the stump of Jesse. That's us. Were those rocks turned into sons of Abraham? Were those new shoots coming from the sprout of Jesse that Jesus Christ has grafted onto his own family tree through that baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire that John mentions today? Those blossoms that we hear about coming from those new sprouts, that is our faith. Because faith is a beautiful thing. John, that voice that cries out in the desert is preparing the way for the Lord. He's getting things ready so that when Jesus finally does get there, He can be a signal for all the nations, for all people to see, so that we know where we have to go. And when we see that signal, when we see that sign from God shining into our lives, there's not going to be anything we can do to ignore it. That doesn't mean that going towards God is going to be easy. After all, even the journey to John the Baptist was pretty challenging. And why should it be any easier to go to God Himself, to journey to God Himself? But it's through this journey of endurance where we will suffer in our mind and in our body and in our soul that we become fully human. It's through this journey that we are going to learn to put our hope in God. Our hope that He will grant us the one gift only He can grant us, eternal life. It is through this journey that we learn to put our faith in God. Knowing that God can do what He says because He is the only one with the power to do it and He is the one with the will to do it. He wants to give us eternal life. And it's through this journey that we learn to love God because eventually we recognize that no matter what, nothing can quite fill our hearts except the infinite love of God, that infinite love He has for each one of us. It is through this journey where we shed all of that extra stuff that just doesn't matter. This journey to find Jesus, who is that bright light, that shining signal to all the nations, In that journey, we are aided by the sacraments of the church. Most notably, we're aided by confession, where we learn what it is to repent. And we learn from the Eucharist, where we learn how to worship God and then allow His divine life to literally enter into us. Think about that. When we receive the Eucharist, God enters into our bodies and we share His life. It's through these sacraments that we learn to conform our hearts and our minds to God. In the second reading today, St. Paul says, May the God of endurance and encouragement 
grant you to think in harmony with one another, in keeping with Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. May it be so.